button. There we go. Right. So, uh, this is a podcast. My name is Yusuf. This is a podcast indeed. I am flanked as usual by Anton Wong. Hi. And Parse. Hey, how you guys doing? Give it a big old smile. And uh, yeah, this is a podcast. It's about sports and sports-related topics. And here's a sports-related topic for you guys, esports. Because, let's face it, for the last, what has it been, like four months? Quarantining yeah, yeah. or whatever? It's yeah. Been? yeah. It's been a, yeah, it's almost five. I've lost track. I said that like three episodes ago, so I've lost track a while. The, the rising beauty of esports is that it's already been you know, a big commodity, so to speak, in certain markets. If you look at professional Smash Bros, for example, that's been a huge thing for years now. Professional StarCraft has been a huge thing. And then the last five or so years, we've seen games like League of Legends, uh, Overwatch, and now we're starting to see Valorant, which is another Riot Games uh, production, starting to come into the esports scene. But what we're specifically talking about here more is esports that have to do with actual sports so for example i had no idea about this until anton told me about it is that the nba has their own specific 2k league correct me if i'm wrong you're correct correct i am yes they have their own 2k league and we've discussed briefly you know in in person social distancing of course about whether or not other sports should maybe implement their own kind of esports league especially while we're still in quarantine so, for example, maybe like the NHL works with EA and has their own league. Uh, the NFL has their own league for esports, depending. It's uh, it's an interesting topic, and I will actually hand the hand it over to Anton to handle this while I will uh, mediate and moderate. Yeah, so um, I guess I'll start with uh, 2K League. So I first came upon this because I was kind of craving uh, watching basketball again, like uh, it was the anniversary of uh, the Raptors winning the uh, the championships, and so I had seen that all over my my feed everywhere. And I'm like, ah, oh, I miss basketball. So I started catching up on highlights. But I'm saying, you know, it's not the same thing because it's not live. I'm not watching like a live game. And then I remember that like, oh yeah, there's you know there's probably esports. So I head up on Twitch, right? And I noticed there's this thing called the 2K League. I'm like, oh yeah, I think I've heard of that. So I watch, and it's like, basically, um, so the the way it works, uh, 2K League works, is that they have basically similar team style gameplay. So each uh, team has five players, just like, uh, you know, you would see on, on a basketball court on, on the, the actual hardwood. But this time it's like five players, each person... You know, you like they have their different positions. You know, you, uh, you, you got your center, you, you got your uh, your point guard, your shooting guard, uh, and each player plays different um, that different position. Uh, and so uh, they all play. Usually, um, before COVID happened, it would be at a physical arena, like they do a lot of stuff in New York. And so they would have a big arena, you know, big audience with the stage and the stadium, and the players would be in like. Uh, you know, with their, you know, monitors on one side and the other side of, of that stage um, playing the game. But this time it's like they're at their respective homes, um, at the training homes uh, sort of thing, where they train the, and they have, they hold their, you know, practices, their, uh, the, the team practices uh, playing 2K. And uh, basically it's like they have, home servers and away servers so like 
whoever's home, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe it's like whoever's home has the game hosted on their server, and so they have a slight advantage, and each uh, player, um, sorry, each team, uh, each game, instead of it being just one game, it's a round of three uh, games, um, and so that sort of helps to make sure that it's it's not due to any sort of latency or uh, you know just digital connection any sort of technical glitches uh, and so to make sure that like okay so out of three games or like best of three that we know that this team is the good team and you know what i gotta say after watching it a, a few games i got really hooked and it's you know especially because uh the raptors who have sponsored their team so it's basically kind of like how you know the nba has the g league um the nba now has the 2k league where like each uh, basically any franchise can sponsor their own uh, like have their own affiliate and so the raptors affiliate called the raptors uprising gc is like 12 and 0 which is amazing because i don't think that uh, the actual Raptors would be able to have that record. Um, but uh, yeah, it's actually really enthralling after you watch, uh, like you just pick a team. Um, usually it's the, the team that you probably already root for, but like um, they also do have uh, a, a team from uh, that's taken, that's from China in, in Shanghai uh, called the Genji Tigers. Um, but you know, like everyone else is basically like an affiliate of a franchise. So whether that's, you know, uh, the, you know, like Phoenix Suns or the Knicks or whatever, um, they all have their franchises. And uh, yeah, it's quite amusing. And I think that this is going to draw in more people who maybe uh, just at first just like gaming. But then maybe they see like, you know what, maybe I'll check out some of the actual gameplay um, in like the actual NBA league. Uh, and I think that's why NBA is able to have a stronghold. Like they're, they're very smart, the NBA, with their with the way they do media. That's, that's what I got to say. Definitely smart in the world of media. And uh, that's one thing I think I've noticed with the NBA compared to all major leagues over the last few years. And actually, I'm glad you did bring up the the fact that teams are what well, is they sponsored by the actual NBA teams. Is that what it is, or they're just owned well, not like sponsored, but like affiliates. Is like affiliated. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, sort of like how the they have the G League. Right. Um, and one thing I do want to mention is that like the way they the drafts work, it's kind of like a bunch of people try out, and then from that tryout pool, then they they sort of go into draft based on you know. Like this person has the highest, like just based on stats, kind of, and like watching people with gameplay. And another thing to note is that uh, really, like it's it's open to like there. I believe there has been one girl that was drafted, and so okay, there's no like that opens up the possibility of it. I mean, it is technically a uh, co-ed league because it's right. just gameplay it's not like physicality it's really just like right. however fast you are and however yeah. good you are at playing the game and yeah. so i think that's um that's definitely something that, that um i think is kind of cool that uh yeah. you get like this 
co-ed league. I'm, you know, like co-ed sports, not since like high school that I've, <laughs> that I've been aware of or like elementary school, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, one, one interesting thing with that is, and the reason I, the reason I asked about the whole like affiliation or ownership thing, because you see in, you know, most major esports leagues, like, like league, for example, like league of legends, uh, the teams that are playing in these leagues, whether it be like North America and Europe, they're all owned by like their own organization and they're just one team that's part of like that whole organization. So for example, uh, one of the more famous ones out there is uh, like Team Solo Mid, which is based out in Los Angeles. They're, most of them are based out in LA. Uh, you know, but they've got a League of Legends team, an Overwatch team, a Rainbow Six, like all these other video games, but they don't really go into the sports world, like the actual like basketball or like hockey or any of those video games kind of thing and so i was wondering whether or not you maybe we could potentially see these affiliate esports e teams potentially going to these organizations well don't know maybe maybe someone will uh, i mean that. i've been talking yeah, about that yeah go yeah parks you go first yes parks. just making sure you guys you guys can hear me um <clears throat> yes loud and clear all right so uh you know, there's a lot of teams actually that are affiliated with the major teams, and this is kind of where I want to bring up the uh, F1 esports league. So uh, during the lockout, F1 was not allowed to start usually in the March time, which is usually when these the 21 race season kind of starts off. And uh, a lot of these these teams, uh, for example, Red Bull Racing, they have their own esports racing team that compete in various tournaments around the globe and around the world, whether it be online or in an actual hub basis. Now. According to the core advice, it's been hard for any video game league to have these um, set positions and set places to have these tournaments. But that's what we have the online world for, and the esports has never been ever been stronger. There's a lot of uh, these teams: Red Bull Racing, uh, Scuderia, Ferrari Racing, esports teams, Mercedes, uh, Racing Point, Renault. These teams have their own esports leagues where these guys compete uh, online on a regular basis, and there'll be league races happening every week. Uh, I, for one, one of the ways I got into it, um, to be honest with you, was that I was uh, looking, just like Anton himself, looking for something to kind of fill the void between sports. And, uh, you know, I'm usually, I'm usually I'll be watching baseball at this point. I'll be finishing up the basketball and NHL season. I'll be looking towards uh, watching those, maybe even getting a bit of the Masters in. But F1 has always been in the back, back of my mind because, again, it's it's kind of linear. The, the major teams get paid the most. So going forward, like, you know, to answer your question, Yusuf, um, these teams not only are they going to get sponsored and things like that, but they're also they're also single-handedly promoting that team and promoting that organization to even make more money. And these players, they do have their own streaming, they do have their own um, mm -hmm. positions in yeah. the team, so that they can actually help with the donations. So it's actually yeah, okay, a, a wide you. network. Yeah, and I I think what Par said rings true. Like it's like the form the F one. Uh, I'm guessing the F1 uh, uh, esports league is probably helping prop up and like give it more attention to um, to the actual F1 league, uh, like the the actual it, F1 racing, F1, yeah. like for 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 young kids because yeah. you know maybe like they're not into racing, but then they're like, oh, I'm I'm into video games, so maybe mm -hmm. let's check out F1 league on esports. Exactly. Like the, the whole sport itself has been dying down as of lately, mainly because of adults feeling that it's a little bit too linear, too rigged, even almost has been some of the words being used. And, um, you know, having a league like this enables people to see the competitiveness and also the changing of formats and the changing of cards 
and the actual F1 um, uh, sport has also made it a lot more competitive. So that, you know, this year is one of those weird times where we were looking forward to it happening in March. We just got the restart in July 3rd. We are now two, week, two weeks in, and this is actually race weekend. So what I like to do on my Sundays now is I like to tune in and watch the races. So if you guys want to learn about more of those races, I'll probably leave uh, some form of description or answer some questions. You know, F1, and you can look up those lead, those races and watch them yourself. Esports, if you look up F1 esports, you can definitely find some races. But it's actually helped promote not just the sport, but these teams, their drivers, uh, the studying that it goes into. Because a lot of these cars, what they find on the track, they actually use and put into the daily cars we drive and buy today. So it's a very important network. I was I was gonna say leading off that point, uh, I I'm I'm not surprised and I figure as much that you know whatever cars they use on the actual tracks from the F1 they would sort of give like car, almost carbon copies in the video games because you know you see the same thing in games like Gran Turismo and and Forza for uh, the PS4 uh, PlayStation and Xbox consoles, but I feel like the thing is with that is it's mainly you know street racing kind of stuff with supercars where it's a little unrealistic because we don't see professional street racing but with f1 i feel like because it's an actual professional uh event that goes on then yeah i'm glad that a game like that exists and a league like that exists where people can watch people play the video game and go oh this actually seems a lot cooler than i thought it would be where in leading that to my next question is do you feel like there are any professional sports leagues out there that could potentially benefit from having a esports league of their own, so to speak. Yes. <laughs> is, it, is it baseball? Well, I mean, baseball I, I is don't... one. Um, Parsi, actually, you, you want to go first? I, I don't think a lot of sports leagues do benefit from the esports just because, um, you know, sports like baseball, it's already hard enough. I mean, they're, they're going through a unique battle in terms of trying to keep people in the seats and trying to get people to go to games. And for people to really be in tune and be excited about a 165-game season. And if I'm hearing correctly of what's in the media, they want to shorten that season. And they want to make it a little bit more competitive. So I don't think an eSports baseball league or even an eSports golf league would help their case. Well, okay. So what if, say, you know, the regular... I'm arguing the, the opposite of Parse's point, but if you okay. want to give your... I, I just want to ask a question here, and I do want to hear your point. I just want to ask a question here. So say, you know, the MLB season normally is 162 games. What if they had a eSports MLB 2K League, whatever, whoever publishes the MLB games? I don't remember. Uh, what I if they did VA. that? I, it, yeah, it is VA. You're right. So probably 2k or the show or whichever one it is what if say they did a season that was 60 games like the mlb is doing right now because of covid like what if they did a shortened season do you think there would be some interest in that because people would say okay it's still sort of baseball well i don't just first of all about the we were i think we were talking about this last time about the uh uh, the Players Association uh, <laughs> oh, having arguments did. with MLB. So I don't think that's a, necessarily quite a reality. I mean, maybe no. in this world of, of COVID, but yeah, you know, like going forward, um, they still like to be paid their absurd amounts of money. Uh, so yeah, but I think I think hockey like, is in a good place to be able to have like 
NHL league, you know, like NHL EA league, because it is it is kind of dying a little bit as you know the hot sport. Um, you know, Canada is still, um, you know, we still associate ourselves with with being hockey culture, right? But um, amongst youth, uh, everyone's talking about basketball. Everyone's talking about NBA. You know, like uh, at least amongst our peers that that I have spoken to, um, and and as well as you know, international like soccer football, right? Like association football, uh, because we are getting a lot of uh, a lot more uh, immigrants uh, in into this country, and so like if you want to get people excited about um, hockey, then you got to get them talking about it in in the way that they see things, and so like one way to do that. Especially with young people, is is uh, I think um, uh, esports. Um, you know, like oh, you know what? This is something that you can do right now that doesn't cost like an exorbitant amount of money. Like buying, uh, it, you know, like yeah, it costs money for an Xbox and a controller and you know a, a TV. Like yeah, that costs a couple hundred bucks. But paying for hockey seasons, like paying for like paying to be a part of a league and then also, you know, paying for all the equipment and then you outgrow the equipment, you know, like you don't outgrow the controller. The controller stays the exact same size. Like maybe right, yeah. Xbox, Xbox comes out with their Xbox one and their Xbox, you know, like the, and all and the these PS, different things. Uh, yeah. yeah. PS4 to PS5. Like, yeah, sure. But like really uh, it's something that's slightly more accessible, which I think could also make it more competitive um, because anyone can, can, look at themselves as playing professionally and possibly getting paid, uh, you know, like, for, like whether you're a boy or a girl or, like, you, or, you know, uh, just like, because it's, it's more accessible, like, or whether it's due to, you know, socioeconomic factors uh, as well in, in that case. Um, so I think that I'm in pro uh, in introducing esports into it. And if not, like, is it going to hurt the brand really? Like, I don't know. Like, have you, like, if you try it and then you decide like, I don't like it and then it doesn't work. Sure. Fine. Whatever. But like, maybe, maybe try it first. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it would hurt per se. I think I'm, I'm on the side of there should be, but I feel like only for certain sports like hockey, hockey, definitely. Even maybe baseball, but even though even then baseball gets, I feel like it'd be a little sluggish if playing with a controller because you're used to when you're watching a baseball game. If you if you're one of the people that can sit through an entire baseball game, um, you know there's a lot of different things that are going on, not just like with the playing itself, not with hitting or fielding, but there are these little mannerisms that you'll notice with players when they're out there on the diamond that you're not really going to get in a video game. So it does lose that feeling of mm-hmm. humanity almost between the two. Yeah, a lot of the nuances is right. very hard to capture that, in a video game. That's where I'm at. I, I agree with Yusuf on yeah. that. I don't feel – I feel like the video game is a good touch. I feel like right now it's perfect timing. I think going forward, I think League should still exist. I, I don't I don't think it's it's a, it's a something you really want to pour your money into. And also the people who are listening – Becoming an esports uh, professional is actually a very hard thing to do. Yeah. It is oh, yeah. extreme. Oh, yeah. It is 
it is one of the most toughest things that you could say to yourself if you want to be a professional gym because you have to be one of those people who practices their craft like Kobe. Oh yeah, it's like any it. it's like any other any other thing in life. It's just yeah. like the more competitive it is, you gotta bleed, you gotta live, sleep, you have eat, to breathe that sport. Yeah. Like there's there's, there's yeah. not there's not there's not I don't think there's a lot of people out there who play multiple games and are good at it. I mean, there are some players, and this is where I want to get into the Mortal Kombat as, aspect of it because there's a lot of Mortal Kombat players out there who are really good at Mortal Kombat and who do play multiple games, but they're not famous in those games. Like. Like that's a, like the fame. The fame players are the players who have who live and breathe and die one game, and like th- that's I what think, you're competing with. I think the 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 best players can live and breathe and die based off a genre of game. So like, you know, someone who's good at Mortal Kombat will probably be good at Tekken and Street Fighter and other fighting games. And you know, like someone who's yeah, good true. at someone who's good at StarCraft will probably be good at uh, Warcraft or like you know other real-time strategy games, and someone who's good at mm. League of Legends will probably be good at Dota and um, Smite and other yeah, mobile Smite, games. Yeah. So, like, so, like, I think it's based off of categories, you know, like, um, yeah. you know, someone who's good at racing games will probably be good at, like, you know, someone who's good at um, racing games. I mean, Nintendo is kind of its, like, own category. Like, yeah. you can't really compare Mario Kart to, like, Need for Speed or F1 or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> They're, like, totally... They're very different categories. Yeah, and I you can't compare you know the likes of like Mortal Kombat to you know Smash Bros. Smash yeah, Bros. they're because honestly like they're it's, very it's different. its own category. Smash Bros. is its own category within yeah. that like universe. And I think there's a there's an interesting thing though that you mentioned where it's like it's all you know categorical almost. Where you uh, you know it's been actually seen in the past, especially in League of Legends where some uh, professional players that are out on the scene now, they started out as professional, like, Dota 2 players and professional StarCraft players. And, you know, eventually they got to a point with that game where they were like, I don't think I have anything left to prove. I should try something else. And then they moved to League of Legends and do just as well. And, you know, yes, you could say it's, like, all category-based, but I feel like there's, with certain aspects of the games, maybe, there's just a different learning curve. You know, to each game, like it's all. You mean like you mean like your your learning curve in Dark Souls? Shut up! <laughs> Shut up. Yo, wow. What? Parse just got the burns going today, man. Jeez. Hey, I am perfectly okay with Dark Souls. Got it? Perfectly okay. Not great. Perfectly okay. All right, all right. Um, we're tangenting. Yeah. So the thing, like. There's definitely a learning curve to each of these games, but I feel like with these professional players is because they're in the same category, so to speak, as you say, Anton, uh, the learning curve isn't as bad because for them, it doesn't take them a lot longer to pick up and therefore they're not behind the norm or the curve of like most professional players would be in that scene. Yeah. So I think it's just like, uh, just relearning some of the rules and some of the moves a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of like moving from uh, going from, you know, the CFL to the NFL, basically, like slightly different rules. Um, the, the, the field is, is different. There's five downs instead of four downs, that sort of thing. Um, uh, and like, you know, going from Street Fighter to Tekken, you just sort of like, you know, each game has their heavy, each game has their, their, their quick, yep. uh, each game has their, they're they're light and fast and there you know all the combos that you gotta learn 
gotta read yeah, it. of course, there's combos that you gotta learn. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, that just comes with practice. Um, exactly. Like with anything else. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Did, was there another aspect of esports that you wanted to bring up? Uh, yes, but before I get to that, I do want to bring this up. So it's uh, we talk about esports, and you know, the we we bring up this you know, so to speak, learning curve and categories and whatnot. And it's interesting with esports, not not talking about like the sport esports, but with, you know, League of Legends and all these other games, because every, I believe it's two months, they go through obviously patches for the game. You know, there's going to be a new patch, something new is happening. Maybe they're going to be nerfing this many characters and buffing this many characters. They're going to nerf an item or two, whatever it might be. And you notice, of course, because these guys are professionals that they have to keep like constantly on like on the fly spend time with this new meta and change it up. Do you think that obviously, you know, if you're talking professional like esports for basketball or even for hockey, you know, they're not going to be patching things where you know, one patch your team overall is like this much and the next patch Connor McDavid has 100 average or something for Austin Matthews is like yeah. 100 average. So, uh, do you feel like with that it isn't it wouldn't be as difficult to, I say difficult with a grain of salt, pick up uh, playing in professional, like in a professional sports-based esports league, because really it's just based on how good you are as you are on top of knowing, so like essentially the rules of the game well enough that you can, you know, you can avoid certain things, like not drawing 40 penalty minutes in a game or something. Did you want to go yeah. first half time? Yeah, so I think, yeah, that is one thing that, uh, about esports is that, like, because it is owned by a publisher uh, and owned by a company, that it's, it's an IP, basically, and so they right. control whatever they want. You know, basketball is public domain, right? Like, it's going to be a hoop and a ball. Soccer's going to be, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to kick a ball, not using your hands, between these two things, these two posts, that's it's going to be like that forever, and anyone can start a league. Like, there's no, no nothing to stop me from making an NBA competitor. Like, in, like be like, oh, we're going to be the basketball whatever league. Um, but it's harder to do that with something like Overwatch or really just any of these esports because they are owned by a certain company, and so like maybe I might have to get permission if I get to a certain point of revenue like if it's just for fun i don't think they'll care but like yeah and so these people do sort of control the reins of it um and so i do think that it it is a lot more it's a bit more uh, fickle and a bit more volatile um in terms of uh in terms of like what the state of sports looks like uh, of esports looks like from year to year uh whereas like you know basketball you can kind of see like each decade is a, or each five years is, is a different thing. Whereas, like with esports, it's like every, you know, half a year is a totally different thing, or every year is like a totally different thing. Um, and it also uh, comes with like, you know, new publishers come out with a new game. Like, I, let's say I come out with uh, a new game that's like, um, you know, an ultimate frisbee game, and it just catches on everywhere. Everyone wants to play it. Then, like, what happens to the other leagues? Are they, uh, do they lose some of their viewership or are they able to keep that viewership and I'm able to, you know, still grow? And, and it's sort of like, it's kind of like saying, yeah, just esports is kind of like saying, 
track and field. You know, it's like one thing, but there's many competitions within it. Um, but if, you know, let's say like pole vaulting was owned by, you know, a specific company, like, you know, yeah, like, like, yeah, let's say like pole vaulting was owned by Nike or something, right? And so like you would have to get permission from Nike uh, to, to start a pole vaulting competition uh, that earns revenue. And so, yeah, I do think that it is kind of difficult uh, in terms of that. Uh, and like from a business standpoint, and like if you're looking to invest in esports, I would say look more to invest in things around uh, the, the sports. So like invest in, uh, you know, com uh, like computer uh, keyboards, keyboard companies, like, uh, you know, gaming keyboard companies and gaming mice, uh, and as well as like, you know, gaming chairs, um, invest in like the companies that produce, you know, like Ryzen, you know, they, they produce the, uh, the graphics cards. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of my point. I don't know. Um, yeah. Just to answer your question, uh, pick, picking things up in the game is, is, um, it is difficult and it's different for each person, uh, for the people who play video games out there, they know. You know, when things are nerfed and, and when things are changed, you have to adapt. And one of the parts of a, of a great competitor and what a, one of the biggest parts of people in general is the ability to, to adapt to situations. So if you are um, out there and you're deciding to yourself, you're trying to ask yourself, you know, what does it take to be, you know, an esports player? How far and willing do I have to go? You have to be willing to adapt. Now, um, it, when it comes to sports games, the, the interesting part about this that I've realized is that it doesn't matter what team you use. Um, you could use the best team, you could use the, the worst team in the league. It, do, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the differences between people when it comes, when you really start to study the gaming is, is a strategy and the, and the how to and the when they're doing things. And it's the same thing you find when you're playing Mortal Kombat. So, like, you know, I look at my personal experience. I've gone from someone who's just trying to learn combos, who's just trying to learn how the game works, to now understanding text and understanding spacing and understanding the frames. So when you get to those type of answers and those types of understandings, it, it, you start to become an understanding, an understanding of the code. So some of the yeah. best players out there um, who play the esports, the e they understand the spacing and the coding that will enable them to do well and not do well. So then that, that's kind of my whole thing is that it doesn't matter if you use um, the, the Los Angeles Lakers or the... Uh, Washington Wizards. If you understand spacing and coding and what players can do and, and not do based on the coding, you can definitely have a strategy to win games. Uh, but the, the the level of which that you're trying to break that out of, and when you talk about you know what, what does it take to be an esports player, like I said, it's a lot of dedication. It's a lot. Yeah, and definitely. Probably the best way I can answer your question. Uh, I think if I want to ramble on about people who are learning and 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 interested in this stuff, uh, there's a lot of videos out there. Um, there's a lot of players out there who, who share their knowledge and share their wealth. And uh, there's a lot of people who subscribe to content, things like that. But my personal thing, it, like I've told people, if you ever want to get good at something, uh, number one is to find someone who you do, who can do it with, who can teach you, who's always better than you. And uh, number two is to play a lot. And that was my own version of how I did well at chess. So that's it. Yeah, uh, just so people don't know, Parsa was actually uh... – the president of the chess club back in high school. I, I, I played a lot of tournaments. Um, I was, you know, uh, an up-and-coming prodigy in my young days for high school. Um, 
playing in a number of provincial tournaments and finishing in top 10, top five, top three. I was uh, part of the University of Toronto uh, 2016, 17, and 18 chess club team who did win all three times for the best university in Canada for chess. So I went through three national tournaments, did well, did my part. You can look it up. So um, when it comes down to being professional, and well, in that, that case, I'm not really professional at that point because professional is when you go beyond um, you go beyond the standpoint of, of amateur sports. So what I can say to you guys confidently is that I was an amateur player, but a highly, a highly respectable, highly notified and, and, and ranked amateur player. But to become professional is when you, you reach the bounds of, of like a different form where your, your content is, is like watched and, and notified and, and people literally have debates and you have the whole publicity. That's when you get to the professional realm. Yeah, you gotta, like first said, you gotta, you gotta oh, hustle, right. you, you gotta bleed. You gotta grind. That's, yeah. That's just how it is, and it, it leads me to this next bit, and it's probably, probably be the last thing I talk, we talk about with esports, but uh, one thing Anton did mention earlier is that there's actually, what, one girl that's in the NBA 2K League? Uh, I think so. I can, like, really Maybe. check really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, while well, well, we check that, my, my point being is that's one better than most esports leagues, if not all of them. Because, you know, you'll see, you know, the professional Rainbow Six Siege League or CSGO, a League of Legends, Dota. You know, you don't, you see female reporters and analysts and whatnot, but you never see female athletes, so to speak. Yeah, they're. It, uh, there are getting more of them, but um, you know, I think this it, it like has a long history of you know, back when home style video games were first introduced, like um, w when they released the uh, first Nintendo Entertainment System, they were like, okay, well, we're gonna put this in the toys section. Right. Um, but back then, toys was split into boys and girls, and so they're like, uh, I don't know, let's choose boys, and so video games were associated with uh, like being a boy thing. For, for that long and so um it, it sort of has you sort of have to swim against history a little bit um with what was the precedent um but you know the the, the tides are changing you know like there are lots of girls that are uh into sports whether it's like casually you know kind of casual gaming or it's like really intense uh like they're you know spending clocking so many hours on halo or PUBG or whatever um and yeah, so like going back to confirm, yes, there is one uh, woman in uh, the 2K League. She plays for uh, Warriors Gaming Squad, uh, which is the affiliate for uh, the Golden State Warriors. Um, and yeah, they also opened up uh, last year a development camp to boost uh, to boost women's participation in the sport. And so like they had basically development, yeah, like development camps to uh, make it more competitive uh, um, for everyone overall, and I think that like introducing more people to just make the sport more interesting. For, for and, and that's what I think. Like, like make it more competitive. The more competitive things are, the more watchable it is. You know, oh, like you don't want to watch a bunch of people who are kind of okay. Like, no. I, I don't care. Like, I love. I know you love your kid, but like nobody really wants to watch their five-year-old like. Play soccer, like it's not really. <laughs> it's just like, yay, good job. Team. I mean, that that in that 
that's the reason why I that was one of the reasons I wanted to bring up when we're talking about you know like like esports should uh, is esports important and and the dynamic of it is that um, it really involves all genders. There's no there's no um, barrier in that, and uh, mm-hmm. in that way, what I want to say is that you know we're going in a, we're in a difficult time right now where some of the debates we're having is whether or not WNBA and MLS female players are paid enough because a lot of their salaries match the salaries of an average teacher or maybe an overgrown representative or manager, right? And, you know, you look at a lot of male athletes, they get paid 15, 20 million a year. And a lot of these female athletes, they get maybe 70K a year, 100K. And then that's not including the endorsement. That's just straight pay from the team. So these esports are happening now, and and the fact that esports are becoming a bigger thing, it it removes the gender gap, and I think that's very important to, uh, to look into. And also, I hope it grows. Yeah, I, I think that just makes it more interesting. It opens it up to more people. Like, what the, that um, last year, like that Fort, uh, Fortnite tournament, that yep. kid won a couple million dollars, right? Or a million dollars. Uh, he was like 14. Yeah, like $4 million prize pool, I think it was. Yeah, and so obviously. Yeah, Fortnite. and so obviously there are some things that are going to make it easier. So, like, if you are younger, obviously you're going to have a faster reaction time. Right. Um, and, you know, like, being, like there are some physical elements like if you have faster you know fingers like if you you know if your eye your vision is good like if your vision is shot like i'm i'm sorry i don't know if you're able to do this like but um yeah like for the most part it's pretty like video games are pretty inclusive when you look back uh at those you know you, you look at those movies where like they have those like the, the stereotypical nerds they they have the comic books, and they have their video games that they find solace in when they w- weren't able to, um, when they weren't able to make the football team because you know they're like that physicality is not with them. But like, you know, I think yeah, video games definitely, definitely is uh, is is going to be very interesting because because of how accessible it is. It's an interesting thing to bring up, and it's it's. I'm glad you brought up that they actually have a the the NBA. Uh, world is working on a development league for more female players in that uh, environment because you look at say uh, there there's a great old tale in uh, I use League of Legends because that is a professional scene I follow not religiously but I've been following it a lot for the last about mm, six or seven years now I don't tune in all the time but I normally tune in around this time of year when they're doing their uh, summer like seasons and then heading into the world championship, which is in October. But long ago, there was actually in uh, the Russian league, a female team. All five, all five players were female for the team, uh, coached by a female, everything. And while people said, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, finally we have female professionals in this game. They were nowhere near as good as their counterparts and would get stomped. So unfortunately, they were only a team for about a season, so about six months, maybe a year, before they finally shut down. And the question was asked, well, should females be playing these games? And I don't think that should be the right question to ask because, again, as we've gone over, you know, maybe they're just not used to it or, like, it's a, if it's a different – how do I put this? I don't want to say a different learning curve. I feel like, you know, 
people react to things differently and the way that they have approached their game obviously will not be as or not will not may not be as tactical as say their male counterparts and vice versa you know there may be some things that they do that obviously you know their male counterparts would not think of or be able to do with the game so it's i don't, I don't know it's i think it's just topic. i don't know i think that was just a case of um i don't i i don't know of, about too much about that mm-hmm. and so i think it's just um more of like you know like when you see representation then you can see like um oh that's that's a possibility like now you can see that someone who looks like me made it and so i'm going to be able to try out to, to try to make it you know like um like i'm sure i'm sure the the uh, the woman who was uh, recruited uh, in or was drafted, she probably inspired lots of other like female 2K players and be like, oh wow, this is something that I can do. This is this is something that's possible. Um, someone who looks like me and uh, it, it has been able to make it. And I'm sure, you know, we can get into representation in, in a whole other episode. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think um, let's just wrap up our final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts: esports, good money, and invest in it. Um, esports, it's it's special, man. Like it's it's probably the one place where uh, it's it's more about your mind and about your decision making than anything else. Uh, just because you can't use your physical attributes as a, as a as a as a means to be ahead of your opponent, and um, it's actually a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun to be engaged in and watching. Um, and I, I actually have enjoyed it. I've, you know, thankfully, COVID has brought me more light to watching 2K League and FIFA League and all things. Yeah, um, and I think like parts especially would probably enjoy watching uh, like stuff like StarCraft and those real-time strategy games where you're like you're trying to do like 15 things at once, which is basically what you're doing with chess. You're trying to like figure out how to maneuver that, and so yeah, like strategy is uh, definitely a big part of that. And um, I want to say that uh, yeah esports is it's already here to stay like it's 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 already here the book's been written um it's just you know what's going to be the game of the year that's basically it yeah Um, it's it's been around and it'll only get bigger yeah i think i think it still has room to grow yeah so there's that you think if there's an nhl league the leafs might finally beat the bruins Oh my gosh, yeah, imagine like they still have to face the Bruins and they still uh, <laughs> let's cut it there before we dream off to dreamland too much. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, okay. One can hope. But yeah, so you know, I, I'm glad we've had this conversation. I'm sure we're gonna have more conversations down the road about esports. Uh because it's just it's constantly growing and now because of COVID and people being home and there haven't been a lot of sports, it's definitely been a big thing for people to watch because when you're done going through Netflix and whatnot, you're sort of sitting there going, Well, what can I do now? And since bands aren't touring or anything, you know, you've got esports to watch or you've just got streaming in general. You know, it's the beauty of Twitch and uh YouTube gaming and not Mixer. Sorry, Mixer. R.I.P. Mixer. R.I.P. Mixer. You have RIP Mixer. I even tried to use it and I was like, what, what is this? What, what is this? <laughs> Ours does not like Mixer, apparently. So, yeah, you know, we have all these platforms that streaming is so easily available on now that you can, you can watch just about anything. You know, just people being people or you just watch people playing video games. And I know for so yep. many years, you know, 
you had this humongous wave of YouTubers that were doing Let's Plays of video games all the way from like the early days of YouTube, even like, and now it's become a humongous thing to watch people just play a video game, you know? Um, so yeah, yeah, I know. So yeah, esports, it'll be great. Go, go watch, go watch the NBA 2K League. Go watch Overwatch. Go watch Dota and uh, Valorant and CS:GO. Go watch all these games. So final thought, final, final, final thought. Esports equal good. Esports equal great. This has been the Play by Play podcast with me, Yusuf, Anton, and Parse. Make sure. Yeah. Make sure you guys also know streaming's good like this. Make sure you be streaming it, listening to it while you're doing everything. This is the play-by-play podcast. Parts. Or is it? <laughs> or is it? <laughs> we don't know anymore. We don't know. We're yeah. supposed to change the name. We are. But maybe we're new. Okay, anyway, bye, guys. Bye.